Welcome to the New Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Nickel. Hello and welcome. I'm glad you're here and I hope you're doing well. Today, I wanted to highlight a very important topic that every new manager needs to have on their radar, and this is the topic of emotions. We have them. We are humans. They are a normal part of the human experience. And it's interesting because in the workplace, sometimes you'll hear people talk about, you know, being professional means not having emotions, making decisions, not from an emotional place. And I kind of get that, but I think that really overlooks the reality of being a human and working with others. You know, when we think about how do I motivate my team, we're looking for an emotion, right? Motivation is that sense of desire to participate and be engaged. Motivation has emotion kind of baked into it. When we are doing things like employee pulse surveys and trying to get a sense of how people feel when we think about morale is morale high is morale low that's an emotion thing when we are asking you know do our staff and team have confidence in our leadership and our decisions that's an emotion and the answer to that will indicate the kind of work you're able to do together, and it can really point to the health or the trouble that a team or that an organization is in. You know, it's a lot harder to work well when there's no trust, when morale is low, when people are not motivated. All of those are emotion things. So I find there's a lot of value in number one, acknowledging humans have emotions, that is normal. It is absolutely part of our professional life. And the more that you can become comfortable with the emotion part of being a human and working with humans and understanding that, the more you will be able to influence and lead and inspire and be more effective in how you work with people. It sometimes is tricky because for a lot of us, you know, we, we never received specific guidance or teachings on how to work with emotions. And there's definitely also a social kind of gender norm around what emotions are expected in in humans, kind of depending on where they are across the the gender norm. And so I want to acknowledge that because that's also part of the reality that's influencing how we work together is understanding, you know, where you grew up and how you grew up. You definitely received some messages about what emotions were okay for you to demonstrate or to have and what emotions did you need to hide or cloak or distance yourself from. It's really interesting. I think when we kind of look at things through that lens, it helps us to make better sense of the challenges that we face in relationships at work and the opportunities we have to change the way we do things and do things a little bit better. So one emotion I want to highlight today is the emotion of disappointment. 
I think it's one of the most influential emotions because we tend to bend over backwards to avoid it. We don't want to feel it. And this is, you know, when people tell me the, you know, they'll say, oh, I I would rather not try and rather, like, I would rather not try something because if I try and fail, I'll feel so disappointed and it will feel so bad. Like that sometimes when people talk about a fear of failure, what they're really pointing to is a fear of being disappointed when they fail and what that will mean about them. Like the, the idea sometimes of holding the dream but not going for it feels easier than holding the dream, going for it, and then the fear that now you're encountering a potential disappointment. And disappointment is often so uncomfortable that we will also avoid conversations with others when we fear that they will be disappointed. That's that that feeling that comes up when, for example, let's say you have someone on your team and they're really hoping to get a promotion or they really want a raise and you want that for them, but you're not able to grant it either because you don't have the authority, you don't have the budget, uh, maybe they're not performing at the level that would permit you to give them the raise, like they think they're performing above expectations, but based on what you've seen, they're not. And so you know that they will be disappointed that they are not getting the thing that think that they, the thing (laughs) that they are not getting the thing, you know, they want. And so the discomfort of, oh, I'm going to have to tell this person they're not getting what they want and they will feel disappointed. And then I will feel bad. And there can be so much discomfort in expecting someone else to feel disappointed that we end up avoiding those conversations or cloaking them and not being direct, not being clear. And so one of the places that you can start, especially with disappointment, because I think this comes into play often more than we realize. It's kind of in the background and we'll describe it as a fear of failure or a, you know, a fear of, uh, you know, letting people down, uh, a fear of, oh, what will people think? And really underneath that, it's some version of, I just don't want to feel disappointed and I don't want them to feel disappointed. I think one of the reasons why is because we often have unclear, unexpressed expectations because disappointment only exists in the presence of some kind of expectation. And when that expectation is not met, then we feel let down. Then we feel disappointed. And sometimes we're very clear about what the expectation is. Sometimes though, we're not. And it isn't until we feel bad, we feel let down, we can start to ask, What was the expectation that I had that maybe I didn't even realize was there until I felt really bad that it wasn't met? And as a pro tip, you can bring the same kind of inquiry into other relationships and other areas of your life. I think you might have heard a few episodes ago, I shared the burrito experience where I had expected to order a breakfast burrito, but when I got to the cafe, they were sold out. 
So my expectation was I'll wake up in the morning, I'll go to the cafe, I'll order a breakfast burrito and I will have it and it will be delicious. But when I got there, I hadn't expected that they might be sold out and so I felt let down. You know, I was like, oh, I guess I could have a bagel. <laughs> I don't really want one. I want, you know, I want what I want, but it's not available. But that was a pretty low level disappointment because it was a, you know, a, a, a pretty transactional relationship and it didn't feel deeply hurtful to me that the expectation wasn't met. Instead, it was like, oh yeah, that happens. Sometimes, you know, cafes run out of stuff. They sell out and... I guess I just assumed that it would be available when I wanted it. But in our relationships, in our working relationships, in our friendships and partnerships, sometimes we have expectations that feel a little bit more weighty. And then when the expectation isn't met, it can feel not just like, oh yeah, sometimes this happens. It can actually feel like a betrayal, like I had expected if I did this, I would get that. If I, you know, performed at this level, I would get a raise. I would get a bonus. I would get a promotion. And when that expectation isn't met, it can feel like a breach of trust. It can feel like a betrayal. And that's also why, especially when you're in this position where you do have real power and real influence over people's livelihoods and over their uh, career, it is so important to have clarifying conversations about what, like, I want to say, what are we doing? What are the expectations? What counts? Like, are people on track? So that we can avoid some of those surprises. At the same time, sometimes things will happen. You will have had an intention and then something will change along the way and now maybe the company isn't in a position to follow through and deliver on that expectation. And so in your role as a manager, it is so important to understand how disappointment shapes your decisions, shapes the way that you communicate or don't communicate. And the advice that I would give to you, like the way that I would want you to think about it, number one, realize disappointment is part of the human experience. So the goal is not to eliminate it from the human experience, but to accept and understand there will be times when you feel disappointed and there will be times when people that you work with will feel disappointed. The goal is not to avoid it 100% of the time we want to accept, sometimes it will happen. The other thing you want to do is to identify what are the expectations. Be clear about the ones you can be clear about and ask or you know, do the work to reflect and identify what are the perhaps unspoken expectations. Are there clear agreements that also support a particular expectation? Has anything in the environment changed that might affect those expectations and agreements? So it might be, you know, when we first planned this a year ago, we thought things would go this way, but now we've had some senior leadership changes or our work environment has changed and now we're, we'll not be able to fulfill that initial plan. Can you communicate 
what's changing, and why. That often can help to add more of a feeling of understanding when we kind of can see, like, if this was the expectation, why is it changing, right? Like, help us to understand and see that. And the third thing you want to do is you want to learn from it. And sometimes that learning is about yourself learning to feel uncomfortable either on the receiving side of disappointment or learn to be okay with other people feeling disappointed. There will be times when you might be the bearer of bad news and someone might be disappointed, but what your role there is to communicate as cleanly and as clearly and as compassionately as you can. Sometimes we try to kind of fall all over ourselves trying to apologize for things where that doesn't actually help because it's actually not about the other person. It's actually about you trying to not feel bad for communicating a clear update or a clear, uh, you know, like updating a clear change. So you want to learn from it and you want to be really curious Curiosity is always your friend. You want to stay curious. You want to learn. There might be expectations or desires or, uh, you know, things that the people on your team want that you weren't aware of. They might have secretly hoped for something to happen and not actually told you. So you want to stay curious. You want to understand. You want to ask questions to understand how are they seeing things? How is this landing for them? Once you do that, it's a lot easier than to process the emotion, to let yourself feel it all the way through, and then to continue to move forward in the way that will best serve you your team, your organization. And I'm talking a lot about, you know, you being in this relationship with your team, but also with your manager and your leadership. There might be things that they decide that you feel really disappointed by. You want to be able to pause, accept the feeling, identify where is it coming from, what was the unmet need or what was the expectation that you're now seeing was there, You want to learn from it. What is this disappointment telling you? It might be telling you something about your own particular values in the workplace. It might be telling you about something that's really important to you. You want to understand and learn from that feeling of disappointment. And you want to be really curious. And that curiosity can also hold a sense of possibility in it. Like, well, so that's not going to happen. I wonder what's next. What else might be possible? The more awareness, the more mindfulness you can bring to emotions at work generally and disappointment specifically, the more intentional you can be and the more courageous you can be in your communication, in your decision making. And my guess is that it will have you experiencing less avoidance. We sometimes don't even realize how much we're trying to make ourselves smaller or kind of twist ourselves into a shape that will allow us to prevent or avoid disappointment. And I think sometimes what's required is actually the willingness to feel disappointed. 
Like I'm willing to ask for what I need and I'm willing to be disappointed if they say no because I want to have a conversation about it and I want to communicate that this is my need or I want to communicate this is my expectation. Knowing full well, I might be disappointed. You know, I think this is also sometimes why uh, if you're in a job search, right, we sometimes don't apply for the jobs that feel expansive to us. I don't want to feel disappointed if they say no. So I'll apply for a job that feels really similar to where I am or maybe even a little bit smaller because then I feel confident that I have the background for it. And so if you're wanting to kind of have this more expansive experience in your own life, in your own career, and in your work, then it will require making some peace with this one specific emotion, the fear of disappointment, of feeling it, or of feeling responsible for someone else's disappointment. So remember, it is human. It is sometimes hard to be human, but disappointment is a an emotion. It is a part of our human experience. And in your role as a manager and a growing leader, you want to have some like a clear line of sight about how this emotion works in your own life and might be shaping your decisions and assumptions in some ways that maybe you hadn't fully realized. It'll help you to deal with all kinds of situations every single day. So I want to thank you so much for listening. And if this is something that you want more help with if you're really into learning about emotions and how they affect us and how we work with them and with teams and all of that then I invite you to come work with me go into the show notes you can book a free consultation where we'll talk about what your goals are what you're working on and how I can help you or you can go to my website kimnickel.com and you'll find a link to book a consult there and we'll talk about what we can do together. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great day and I'll talk to you next time. When you're more effective at work, you're happier in your life. And when you're happier in your life, you're more effective at work. I can help. Go to my website, kimnickel.com and sign up for a coaching consult. It can get better.